Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Pockets Full of Soup. I'm your host, Jared Petty, joined today by Marty Sleva. Hey, Jared. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, we're in Andrew Goldfarb's apartment. Yeah, there's like a dog running above us, so if you hear dog noises... There's a dog running on the floor above us. There is. There's a dog running above us. Andrew is in the next room watching Narcos. We think he's watching Narcos. Yeah. He could be doing other things. I think his Vita's in there. He's talking about that. Yeah. Oh, wait. He hasn't started watching yet. He hasn't started watching yet. He's popping out there. But tonight's guest is not Andrew Goldfarb. It's Marty. Uh, So, Marty, welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming, Marty. Uh, Folks uh, know you from the IGN. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They know you from the other places? Um, Yeah, you might know me from IGN. Jared and I have uh, worked together for a while. Uh, We've been on a bunch of podcasts together, Beyond Unlocked. Uh, We've both been on the Comedy Button, a lot of kind of funny podcasts. Yep. Uh, Just generally from the internet. We're both human beings on the internet who people may or may not uh, enjoy the content and uh, besides uh, besides what you do at IGN and those other places, uh, you're a you're a quiz master, a quiz meister. What is what is the name? Uh, so in theory, I'm a trivia host, uh, but I've uh, renamed it Riddle Quest. Riddle Quest. Yeah, and by renamed it, I mean drunkenly one night I said this is no longer trivia at Jackalope. This is Riddle Quest. Oh, that's the name of the bar that you uh... Uh, Jackalope. Yeah, so I, I host trivia uh, at two separate bars two nights a week uh, in San Francisco, which okay. is a lot of fun because I like all the bartenders there and a bunch of pals come. Is it a trivial pursuit? Nah, nah. that's not. I put a wedge in our friendship. <laughs> That was Let's lovely. Just burned down Andrew's living room. That was really good. Thanks. Actually, that that wedge thing. Yeah, it was that was that was lovely. Triple pursuit, not good. I mean, the game's good, but the pun wasn't really. Oh, I thought pun. the pun was good. The pun's terrible. The game's good. It depends like what version of the game you get. Oh man, the green slice, the green wedge, so so difficult. Yeah. Yeah, the green wedge always screwing things up. The other five wedges, I'm fine. I mean, I like sports. I'm a sports yeah, fan. Sure, but. I it don't get some obscure sports where it's like, all right, this is way before I was born. Yeah, I'm just like, you know what? I'm not really sure what's happening here anymore. Was yeah. Arthur Fonzarelli an athlete? I don't remember. Possibly. He has Possibly. a statue erected in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, right around the riverfront, though. There's an Arthur Fonzarelli statue. Yep. You're yeah. from Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was erected while I was there. No yeah. kidding. Because Fonz, because Happy Days took place in Milwaukee. Uh, what it was around Milwaukee, yeah. The, yeah. Where, where was Arnold's? Arnold's was Arnold's in Milwaukee. I think so. They were in Wisconsin. Or in the that. yeah, yeah, Laverne Shirley. Yeah, Pat Morita was Arnold, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout right. out to Pat Morita. Uh, Pat Morita, Patreon backer Pat Morita, Academy Award nominated. Uh, That's right. Actor, yeah, Pat Morita nominated for the Karate Kid. Yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah, it is a good movie. Yeah, I, I like that movie. I like yeah. that movie a lot. All right, so Can we talk about why we're thankful for Pat Morita. <laughs> no, we're not going to talk about why we're thankful for Pat Morita. Had a bit of a uh, lighting failure there, but we're back now. So. What we had here was a failure to communicate. Uh, actually, I, I think our communication was all... What, cool I don't know. Hand Luke. Visual communication? Visual communication. Yeah, I was okay. quoting Cool Hand Luke. You were quoting Cool Hand yeah. Luke. It's, that's movie. that movie. It's got that, that man in it, that handsome Real man. handsome boy. Yeah, yeah he sold the salad dressing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, delicious. It was his own. Yeah, his Gary own. Newman. Yeah, getting, I don't think that was who it was. Oh, okay, sorry. No, I was, no. I was wrong. This is very. I don't know silly. why anyone ever listens to anything we do. Uh, sorry, I don't either. sorry, Jared. I'm, I'm in your home right now. Well, I'm in Andrew's home, but I'm They're in your in home, home of a podcast. <laughs> now I'm just tickled, Marty. I'm going to start with a question that uh, I, I always start with until I decide to change it. Um, tell me about somebody you're thankful for. Uh, yeah, so I've been listening to the podcast since episode one with Greg all the way through. Um, where we are now, and and I've I've thought about this a couple times because you asked me to come on, and I could uh, very easily do one about any member of my family, uh, my parents or my brother, uh, but I'm going to do one about a uh, very near and dear friend of mine whose uh, full name is Genevieve Maxime Kinsing Henderson, uh, but for the purpose of this podcast, we can just call her Jen, which is what I call her. Okay, uh, and she is one of my closest friends in life, uh, and she is also my ex of five and a half years. Your ex of five and a half years. And let me clarify. Does that mean you've been separated for five and a half years? Or does that mean that you were together five and a half years and then separated? Uh, no, we were together five and a half years. And uh, we've been separated for uh, just under two years. Okay, so two years apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you still in contact? Uh, yes, she remains uh, literally one of my closest friends in life. We communicate every day. Um, she was just in Hawaii uh, visiting her family. And I took care of her cat. A couple ah. of the days, which was a very difficult matter because uh, I'm very allergic to cats. And so taking care of a cat meant going into her apartment and feeding it and playing with it and then having a mild asthma attack. Yeah, I understand you're actually kind of violently allergic yeah, to Yeah, it's not just cats, like a right? jokey sneeze thing. It is a, oh, my throat's closing up. So I have this kind of Im- image of you in like the, the radiation suit from Back to the Future. Uh, yeah. Wandering in. And h- how do you manage this logistically? Uh, I don't take great care of myself. Okay. <laughs> and so instead of the radiation suit, it's uh, 
a, a cardigan in my backpack and then I get in and then I leave and I'm like, oh, the dander's all over my clothes and now it's following me everywhere I go. Marty, this seems unwise. Yeah, well, a lot of... Uh, a lot of people say remaining friends with your ex is unwise, and you know what? I did it anyways. You know, that's uh, I, most of the time uh, with these stories, we start at the beginning, but actually I, I'd like to start maybe at the end as it stands now and work our way back, or at yeah. least start at the end of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you told me, uh, Ginger X, what, yeah. what were the conditions of your decision to no longer be romantically involved? It was uh, as amicable as a, as a breakup as I've ever heard of if that's a thing an amical breakup um i don't know is it i like to think so (laughs) um yeah there was a certain point where we just had a conversation and we were like the spark is gone uh and we were still incredible friends and we were still best friends and uh we just had a decision where we were like this thing the 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 reason a couple stays together isn't there and we sort of talked about it for a month or two and then finally it was like well let's part ways what and is, we did what is that thing uh je ne sais quoi it is the uh a fire that ignites when you see that person it is a uh spark it, it, it was it's it's physical emotional and mental intimacy um and i feel like you can still remain incredible friends with someone but just something is gone something went awry along the way and and through no one's fault one person's fault or both people's fault uh sort of uh you stopped holding hands in the night and just uh couldn't find each other in the darkness again you both came to the conclusion at the same time that yeah this had vanished this yeah. thing the spark mm-hmm. that it was gone where did the two of you first discover it um, so, uh, shortly after I moved to San Francisco, I moved to San Francisco, uh, directly out of college. I graduated, uh, in Wisconsin, I graduated college and, uh, literally before my actual graduation, my two best friends and I were like, we need to leave Wisconsin. Uh, and Why? we, we, it was, <laughs> it was one of those, we needed just a change of scenery, whether it was for a year, whether it was for the rest of our lives. Uh, we got drunk one night and went to a dive bar. Where all great decisions Where are all made. great decisions are made. And we had three decisions, and it was uh, L.A., San Francisco, and New York. And through a game of darts, we landed on San Francisco. I legitimately, if that game of darts had gone differently, I honestly do think we would have woken up, hung over the next day, and bought tickets to L.A. or New York instead of San Francisco. And you'd be living a very different I'd life I'd be living, right a, I, there's a good chance I wouldn't be on this podcast if I would have moved to one of those two so places. all three of you, sitting there playing darts, mm-hmm. decide the game of darts, they'll decide where you go. You throw the darts, and you get up the next day? Yeah, hung, very hungover the next day. I uh, bought our tickets, and then uh, like within six days, uh, Terry, it was, it was my best friends are a couple, so Terry and Jamie, uh, and Terry and I moved out here, or flew out here for a week. He got a job, I locked down an apartment, I flew back, and then Jamie and I flew back a couple weeks later. And so within two later. weeks of this game of darts, you've gone from Wisconsin to, to San Francisco. I signed a lease uh, in Oakland. Yeah, a, a city you'd never been to. Uh, I was when I was eight. When I you took eight. a vacation here with my parents. Why did San Francisco make the list? Uh, honestly, the video game industry. Uh, this was a thing. Uh, I've I'd wanted to work in games media uh, since <laughs> EGM issue one hundred, okay. as we've talked about. Um, it's a place I, I, I was a huge fan of EGM and 1UP and IGN, and this was a thing I wanted to do. And it took quite a while after I got here to do that. Uh, Jen is a big part of how that happened. Uh, but yeah, ultimately the reason I moved out here is because of what I'm doing now, which is kind of cool. And Jen, uh, how long after you arrive here does she enter the story of your life? So uh, we actually moved here the exact same summer in 2008, uh, and we were both within a week or two working at Pete's Coffee Shops uh, in the same neighborhood, in the financial district downtown San Francisco. Our coffee shops were a couple blocks apart, though, and so we never knew each other for the first six months, nine months, I want to say. It's like Um, the beginning of When Harry Met Sally, you're describing it. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And so we both worked at Pete's Coffee Shops, and... uh, yeah, I was a very I was I was getting my sea legs. I definitely wasn't the person I am now. I was um uh sort of wide-eyed, creative, but timid. 
Straight out of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Crazy motherfucker named Ice Cube. <laughs> I don't think that's what Straight out of Compton was about. Would, would that have been, you just follow up in, in the legacy of great white rappers. Yes. You follow Snow and you name yourself Ice Cube. Is that what happens? Is, is that how it works? I think the name's taken. That's, yeah. I'm not sure that yeah. would work out. Ah, oh, dang. Yeah, it, but you could be an informer. Yeah, I could uh, be an informer. Whatever happened to Snow? Uh, I, I think he went back to Canada, didn't he? I mean, probably all, all good Snow drifts back to Canada. Oh, good snow to respect Canada? Yeah. It sounds like a line from a rejected Elliot poem. <laughs> like, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe something E.E. E. Cummings would write yeah, in yeah, all over case. Yeah. All right, so back to Jen. Um, you're, uh, you're, you're here, you're both working at Pete's Coffee, but yes. not the same Pete's Coffee, but not in the same, same neighborhood. Yeah. And also, you're discovering yourself. Or are, you, are, you, are you out there? Are you, are you meeting people? No, uh, no, I'm not. I'm hanging out uh, in Oakland with Terry and Jamie, my, my, my friends I moved out here with, and I'm, I'm acquaintances with some of my coworkers. I'm starting to meet some people via who they... Uh, the places they work, but no, I, I hadn't made any friends' friends. Now let's talk about Terry and Jamie for a minute. Yeah. All right. You move out here from Wisconsin with these good friends. Mm-hmm. How long have you know Terry and Jamie before you uh, came out here? It would have been, th- uh, I met them my first day of college. They were a year older than me, so it would have been four years. So dear college friends. Yes. They, ca- they quickly became, the, I lived with them for three years throughout college. Did California change that? Uh, oh, no. Uh, they came out here, so we lived together for two years. Then they moved back to Wisconsin. I was the best man at their wedding, and I literally was at a wedding last weekend that they flew out for, so I got to spend time with them uh, last weekend. So still close. Oh, yeah. That's wonderful. I will be close with them until the day. That's marvelous. That makes me happy here. So you're out out here living together, the three of you, Mm -hmm. and somewhere out there is this Jen who has moved here the same summer. Where's Jen moved from? Uh, Jen uh, grew up in Orange County, so uh, Laguna Beach, Laguna Niguel, Dana Point. So when you think of these the are OC, all shows I didn't watch. The yeah. OC, Laguna Beach. This is uh, it. Could not have been a more different place to grow up than Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, she grew up a beach rat on the ocean. Um, a very she was the poorest kid in a very rich community. Okay, um, just a very different. She's uh, five years younger than me, so uh, she was uh, not a not a baby when we oh, I guess no she's four years younger than me granted I don't know how old I am no she's okay. 26 yeah, right now. yeah that's so that, that, that's only half a joke I'm 30 uh-huh. so she was uh, when we met she was 18 uh, I was uh, 22 okay uh, she was very much a she moved out of her house at 16 mm-hmm. uh, uh, she was someone who um, persevered throughout a very tumultuous childhood of parents separating uh Parents with uh, a mom with mental disorders, uh, a dad who who hinged on drugs and alcohol for a while, who then rebounded and has now become the best thing in her life, like hmm. uh, a best friend, father figure. Like he has he has completely done a one eighty, and and all of the wrongs he may have committed during her childhood, he is now one of the most precious staples in her life. Did and that an incredible change, friend of mine? Did that change happen while you knew her? Uh, that change happened uh, shortly before I knew her. She okay. moved here from. Uh, Hawaii, actually. Oh. So she moved to Hawaii to get out of Orange County with, uh, she got out of Orange County, uh, spent time with her dad in Hawaii, became stir crazy in Hawaii because she was like, I need to live in a city and not on paradise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from there, pivoted and moved out here. So from Hawaii to San Francisco, yes. working in a coffee shop. Yep. And then what? There was a spark. Well, there was a spark. Well, eventually she got transferred to my coffee shop. Okay, so you worked together. So then we started to work together. Right. Uh, and Do you I remember, remember the first time you met her? Yes, I absolutely remember the first time. It was it was November 2009, and it was uh, my very first thought was, I this person's abhorrent. Why would I ever <laughs> want to be friends with this person? <laughs> this person is... I feel like I was very judgmental at that time. I was just like, this is the epitome of what I think of as a valley girl. This person has a very uh, traditional Southern California accent. And this person is this tall, skinny, gorgeous. I think she was redhead at the time. She's someone who her, her color changes with the wind. The color of her hair changes with the wind. Ramona Flowers. Uh, yes, Ramona Flowers. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, not coordinated enough to be on rollerblades, though. Um but this was a person where I, I judged a book by its cover very instantly. You you judged her by her accent. You judged her by her appearance. Was her age as well. Pers- oh, because she was younger than you? Yeah, because she was younger than me. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, didn't like them young whippersnappers? I guess, yeah, I don't like... Coming out of college, I I, 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 don't, I don't want to say I was pretentious. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little bit. Maybe I was a little bit pretentious. Uh, I had a very sort of small 
group of friends and I didn't uh, really venture outside of that. And so the idea that someone was so outside the norm, this was so unlike anyone I had ever met in Wisconsin. Uh, this was like, I, I, you know, the, all of my friends and all the people I've dated before then were Wisconsin girls. And that's not a positive or a negative. That's just a thing. That's the kind mm-hmm. of person you are in the, in the Midwest. We're uh, uh, kind and, and humble and hardworking. And I don't know. I don't know how, you just, how would you describe people from the Midwest? Ooh, uh, let's see. I lived in the Midwest for some time. Um, it depends on where you are. The industrial Midwest, for yeah. example, very different than as you move farther yeah. in. Um, depending on where you are in the Midwest, there's a general sense of, of congeniality that's yeah. there. That's um, another thing. Yes. very. Everyone's very polite. Very uh-huh. quick to say sorry. Yep. Now, people can be, especially in the industrial Midwest, they can sometimes be almost clannish. Yeah. Like, the, there's politeness. Clannish with but a if, C, not with a K. Yeah, but if you want to get in, it takes time. Like, yeah. you move into the town, and it may take you a while to be accepted, yeah. but once you're in... You're in. You're in. And there's never going to be a coldness there. Mm-hmm. Just, just a kind of a, just kind of a polite distance till we we figure out what you're all about because yeah. you're not quite from around here. But then friendliness. Uh, also, I, I I associate Midwesterners with uh, many starchy, delicious fried foods. Oh yeah, and pounded uh, pounded pork tenderloins and other pasties and fine oh, delicious. Man, do I miss pasties? Yeah, pasties are really good. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot. A lot I think you brought up pasties on the uh, Alana's episode I too did. when she was talking about meat pies. I, yeah. Look at me. <laughs> I am a pasty. You can <laughs> open me up and like like. Cook. That should be a Patreon uh, yeah. goal. What, Jared what? makes you pasties. Oh man, that should be a Patreon goal. Going back to going back to Jen. Mm-hmm. So you meet her. Yeah. Um, did you have a type before this? Uh, a per- type. Of yeah, person I had. A, I also. Uh, I guess uh, I didn't mention this. Uh, I one of the other major reasons I left uh, Wisconsin was because I had gotten out of a year and a half relationship uh, where. Eventually, there was an ultimatum where I was like, well, you got to choose. It's either him or me, and she chose him. Oh. Uh, and so uh, I was devastated by that. That was the first time I'd ever had my heart broken. Uh, and that was one of the reasons where I'm like, I can't be in the same city as this person. Yeah, that's kind of important. Yeah, that's kind of important. And that's a person I'm also still friends, maybe acquaintances mm-hmm. with. Someone who's still like, I will be there for her, but she's married, probably going to have kids soon with that dude. So um, definitely not someone I keep in major contact with, but someone I've definitely gotten over in terms of I'm, I'm no longer angry or, but at the or time speak. those wounds were fresh enough that you yeah. left it's not the only reason you left but no but it was a big reason it was a big reason yeah it was a catalyst you decided to step away and say i can't live in the same town as this human being yeah and you moved all the way across the country on a dartboard to meet an 18 year old beach rat yeah. named jen yep in a coffee shop in a coffee shop yeah and not like her and not like no, totally not like her. And did she's she also not like you? So far, it gets better. Yeah, I think she eventually. She was just like, well, this is I don't know who this like kind of s- s- weird bearded kid from the Midwest who's wearing like bootcut jeans and doesn't really know. Like my shirts might have been too too tight, and just we didn't know. Like I would play music, and she'd be like, "What the hell is this?" And she had tattoos. What, what kind of music and, were you playing? Uh, so the weird thing was, I was playing the music. We ended up. Both of us loving, but I would. That was when I started getting into to rap and hip hop, and and the music I would play when we were closing would be like Kanye and 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 Usher and Lil Wayne. And she's just like, "What is this anachronism of this very polite, hardworking, quiet Midwestern kid and the music he plays when we close?" Hardworking people love Usher, Marty. Hardworking. Uh, the only way you can make love in the club is by listening to Usher <laughs> and working hard. Um, no, and so the the way Pete's worked is that we would we sort of got assigned to the same shift five days a week, and we'd have this closing shift with uh, another friend of ours, Austin, who was you know our age, who was one of the sort of people we became friends with, who was this uh, born and bred San Franciscan hipster, who sort of became the clock in between us. Like I'd befriended him, Jen immediately clung to him, and so it was this like he was like, all right. I'll be the 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 little barrier in the middle of you two. So he's kind of the mutual. The, he's the demilitarized zone. Yes, on he's the, the DMZ. Absolutely, he's All the right. Gaza Strip. So when did it switch from a curiosity? Why are you listening to this after work? Why are your shirts too tight? Why do you have tattoos? Why are you tall and from Los Angeles? Yeah, or, or from yeah. Orange County? Don't how, ever how, say Los Angeles. Yeah, I know. I, I, real, I know. Angeles. I made a mistake there. Yeah. I realized that. Uh, Dornbush tells me that's very important. <laughs> uh, he watched that show a lot. Um, 
what makes the uh, what what makes this the shift here? When does when does the twist in the romantic comedy or tragedy begin? It's uh, it's it's getting to know each other. It was us. Uh, we would work this uh, I don't know two, three, four to eight shift. So we'd work like an afternoon shift. We'd get done, and then we would uh, go next door. There was a wine bar, a very nice wine bar, and the people who worked at the wine bar would come in, and we'd give them free. We'd make them free cappuccinos and lattes, and, and we'd give them free pastries. And in return, we'd go there after work, and they'd give us free beers. So we would end up, the two of us and our buddy Austin, or just the two of us, would end up going there and drinking every night after work. And sort of just, that was where we were like, all right, let's, you know, fuck it, let's have a beer or two, and mm-hmm. let's get to know each other. And it was that experience of sitting down after a day of work and being like, all right, well, let's just talk. Let's just see what kind of a person you are. And her getting to know me and me getting to know her, I think for both of us was sort of this, uh, it shattered preconceptions. It, it, it shattered that initial, I look at this person, they look at this person, I immediately have a thought about what they are. And it was completely like, oh, fuck anyone who judges a book by their cover. And that was a quick revelation. You used the word shatter. That's a pretty it powerful word. It was very quick. I mean, honestly, like, I, I, there are very few people in my life I've become, I became very close friends with uh, in a short span of time, uh, and she'd be right up there. I mean, literally within uh, I mean, days, maybe, weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and very quickly, it was like, oh, we are impossibly different people, but holy shit, do we connect together. And it was the same for her? It was the same for her. Uh, connecting on a friendship level at first. Yeah. Definitely not a romantic level. No, no, but, uh, but, but still I was, seeing through that. Yeah, I was, I, I was sort of at the tail end of seeing someone at, a t- at the time. She was at the tail end of seeing someone at a time. And very quickly, it was, um, I don't know, she brought, uh, she brought an honesty to me that I sort of didn't have. Like, I, I had an honesty with my friends, but not in the level of her, she would, fucking hate for me to call her a feminist because she never considers herself a feminist but she's probably one of the raddest feminists I know just because of how strong and independent and uh, sort of proud of her uh, her sexuality and of her sort of just how she carries herself and her willingness to sort of say whatever she wants and her willingness to be like yeah a girl can sleep around and that is fine because it is 2016 and that's the way the world is now. And when she told you this, was were those challenging ideas for you or were they things they were, that just rolled over you and made you feel wow, what a person. That's what it was. It was okay. it was it challenged me in terms of it was something so different and so foreign than any of my friends at the time, but I mean, you know me, I'm I'm I, I want to be challenged. Like I want people to come to me with different. Like we we are so fortunate that we do work with an amazingly, increasingly diverse group of people who do challenge us and treat us and 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 and, and just just teach us every day. And this was one of the. She was one of the first person in my life who did do that, who did challenge and did teach me. And this was that first lesson of just sort of how to what the good version of being selfish is Hmm. as in how to sort of brush off to the side what other people think and sort of focus on what makes you happy without hurting anyone and without being like bad selfish she taught me what it's like to be good selfish did that change how you behaved uh yeah i think it i think she instilled a sense of confidence in me uh, that I didn't have and a sense of confidence in me, not in arrogance, but a confidence in terms of uh, she continually still does uh, push me and, and point to what I'm capable of and say, you can reach, you can reach there. Like don't, don't ever become apathetic. Don't ever entropy, like reach there, like get up one step higher and see what's over there. So she's taught you, you've met, preconceptions are changing over life is changing all around you but still the spark we started with the spark marty where's the spark um the there's three sparks okay <laughs> there's three different moments and also i i'm 
Legitimately, they probably occurred within two weeks of each other. Okay. And I don't know which one came first. That's okay. So there's three separate stories. Uh, one's at the wine bar. Uh, we got very drunk on those IPAs. Alcohol mm-hmm. plays, plays a pivotal role in most of my stories. Uh, we got very drunk on those IPAs. Uh, I, think this was the se- I think this was the second of three stories. And we ended up hooking up in the bathroom of the bar. Ah. Yes. Okay. So that was, that was, was I think that was the second of two of, of the Was three that stories. your first hookup of all time? Uh, I think it was our first uh, past first base. Okay. Um, burgeoning romance. Burgeoning romance. In, in, in the toilet. Um, going, uh, it was like a nice bathroom though. It was like a wine bar bathroom, which is like a, a studio apartment in San Francisco. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, There's more truth to that. To, than you yeah, know. I mean, seriously, it's really terrifying. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, to rewind, the first like, oh Jesus, there's so many of these. Uh, so you, I'm you, having this montage of moments in my head. And I don't okay. know what comes first. Just keep it. You don't have to. These don't have to be chronological. Okay, just tell the story. Good. Just it's just a story. Okay, so these are just little like uh, consider these vignettes. Uh, I remember okay. we used to go to. Uh, there was a monthly party called 1964 at a bar in the Tenderloin called Edinburgh Castle. And it was 1964 because the DJ would play music from 64. It was where a lot of hipster and electro kids at the time would go. And again, it was one of the bars she could get into underage. And we would go there a lot with mutual friends. Then I remember, I think our first kiss was in the smoking lounge then. That was back when I smoked. Don't smoke, kids. I don't smoke anymore. Don't smoke anymore. Would you stop? I have asthma. Uh, I haven't had a cigarette in 15 months. Jen still smoke? Uh no, but she does when she drinks. Oh, interesting. Uh, she works at a bar. <laughs> no, I, I meet a lot of situational smokers in San Francisco. Yeah, situational. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's people good. who smoke when they drink. People who smoke when they're stressed. People who smoke when they're at certain events. People. Sure. Yeah, that, that, I met a lot people of people smoke on the on the nines. So, you're at a bar, the uh, the Edinburgh, right? The Edinburgh Castle. Yeah, Edinburgh Castle, 1964. You're at the party. You smooch. Yeah, I remember you're smooching at a wine there. bar. You're Screwing around in the bathroom. Screwing around the bathroom. I, I remember the first uh, actual intimate thing, as in not like physical intimacy, but like uh, we went to a friend's barbecue, and uh, I, I, we mentioned before I'm creative writing. Uh, I do a lot of screenwriting, and uh, I was working on a screenplay at the time, and we were sitting on the the pat, uh, the the front stoop, having a drink, and she was asking about my screenplay, and. I was telling her about it, and there was a lot of similarities to things we'd been through. And she's like, I'm noticing a lot of similarities. And I'm like, well, yeah, like I sort of jump from inspiration to inspiration. And she was like, well, like what exactly does that mean? And I'm like, I don't know if it sounds weird, but for like the past couple of months, you've been my muse. Hmm. Um, and I feel like that was the moment where we that's the kiss I remember to where she came over to me, leaned over, and we kissed. And that was like the, oh, this is going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And that's when I remember. I'm like, oh, this is, okay, this is more than just uh, drunkenly making out in the smoking lounge in 1964 or, you know, fooling around in, in the bathroom or the wine bar. I was like, oh, okay, this is something we're going to need to uh, talk about in the morning. What was that talk like? Um, it took a little bit. It took a it, it, it took a couple mornings for us to figure out what was going on. She was young. Uh, I was just getting out of a relationship. Um, there was one morning in particular I remember us very drunk, and usually we'd go to her place because she lived in the city uh, near ish where we worked, close enough, close cab ride or a walk. Um, I lived in Oakland at the time, and there was one night where she was like, "Let's go to Oakland." I'm like, "Okay," and so we went to Oakland, and at the time. Uh, my roommate Jamie and I were building, we were big in the puzzles. And we were building a, like, fucking 5,000-piece puzzle on our living room floor. That's a big puzzle. It's a d- real big-ass puzzle. And so we came in. Everyone's asleep because it's, Terry and Jamie are asleep because it's probably 1230 at night. Um, we get in. We're sort of like, shh, 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 be, 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 be quiet. Everyone's asleep. And she's like, do you have anything to drink? I'm like, yes. Terry and Jamie were uh, wine connoisseurs. And they had this big old thing, like a rack of wine. I'm like, I'll just take a bottle and I'll pay them in the morning. And I looked between two bottles and I was like, I'll grab this one. And I am so glad I did because the one that was underneath that I almost grabbed was like $700. And they literally (laughs) opened it on their wedding day two years later. (laughs) So I dodged that bullet. Uh, But then we went to drink it on our... uh, patio 
and walked across our living room, and Jen just destroyed the puzzle. Oh, that puzzle got wrecked. And <laughs> and then we were like, I'm like, oh, that's fine, fine, fine. Drank the wine. Five thousand piece puzzle. Drank the wine in the patio. Uh, went to bed. Woke up in the morning. Both of us hung over to Terry and Jamie making us pancakes in the morning. And the puzzle was back together because they woke up in the morning and they just put it back together because they were like, we don't know who this girl is, but Marty brought a girl home and they seem to really like each other. So we're going to put the puzzle back together and we're going to make them pancakes and we're going to see how this goes. Terry and Jamie seem pretty great. Oh, they're fucking rad. That's amazing. Somebody, uh, do you, if you stepped on my, I like you a lot. If you stepped on my 5,000 piece puzzle, yeah. there there would there would be discussion. There'd be, there'd there'd be, be, con- there'd be consequences. Yeah. There would be consequences. There'd be a reckoning. Yeah, I don't know. Situation. Maybe there was no, like an internal reckoning in them. I don't know. They made you pancakes. It's the Midwest. It was, great. What it, yeah, was, in it was amazing. Pancakes, though. I mean, yeah, and know. I feel like that was the first morning where it's like we're like, oh, this we might be a couple. We might be a, yeah. very dysfunctional, but we might be a Is couple. There anything that says romance like a flapjack. I mean, kind of I mean, a Belgian waffle, maybe. Yeah, that's pretty good too. So you said dysfunctional. Let yeah. me ask you about that. So you described the early moments of your relationship. In vignettes, things mm-hmm. out of order, moments of high passion, sure. high points, stories of sweetness, stories of, of funny incidents, a lot of them alcohol-fueled, uh, or at least alcohol-lubricated, yeah. uh, if, if if I'm hearing yeah. you correctly. I'm going to pull out the vodka. Was it... Um, that's all right. Pull out whatever you like. Was it ever stable? Was it ever, I don't even know safe is the right word. No relationship's safe. Was it ever a place where both of you felt comfortable? Absolutely, for a vast majority of the time. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally describing the first six months right. of five years. But it grew um, into something that way. Yeah, it did because, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with an 18-year-old at this mm-hmm. point. I'm dealing with someone who is 18, going on 25, going on 12. Yeah. It is someone who was forced to grow up way too early because of a shitty family situation. Someone who forced to leave the home at 16 and to sort of fend for herself where I was so different because I had this amazing trapeze net of my incredible family at home. Um, And so I think the thing I appreciate most about her even now is that I met someone and I've, I've watched her grow more than any human being I've ever met in my life. I've watched her become, to go from this, this, incredible person that I fell in love with who uh, had so many questions in her life of what am I going to do, where am I going to go, what am I going to make of myself, what am I going to do with my time, to someone who uh, six years later has answered all those questions. Like She is a stable adult now, which Mm -hmm. is mind-boggling to see in in a friend and be able to chart that transition um, it's like when you go back to a, a house of your childhood and you see the height chart and you see every year you see, you see tangible growth as, as little nicks in a, in a, in a, in a load bearing wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is my time with her is I, I witnessed a, I witnessed someone become a strong, passionate, independent woman, which to me is, is, is singular in my life. To witness that sort of word, transpilation. You say witnessed. How much were you a part of what happened there? Yeah, I think I, I, I think I was a very big part of it. Just like she was a monumental part of me growing from the the person I described at the beginning of the story to who I am now. And that's what and, I was going to ask. That's where I to. Headed, yeah. Um, yeah, it was so. I mean, just to, uh, there's a lot of space to jump through, but we uh, ended up. Yep, we're together. Uh, so the spark becomes a fire. Spark becomes a fire. We're together. We're we're single. We're monogamous. Uh, we never live together, but we live together. Uh, mm-hmm. She's at my place five days a week. I'm at her place two days a week. Um, that kind of thing. And uh, we're we're working together five days a week. We're spending every waking minute together. It is one of those, and everything is just. I know it's incredible. We're witnessing each other grow she's encouraging my creative writing i'm continuing to try to push her towards the shit the things she wants to do and she's apprehensive at first she's very much i'm like you go to school you like uh, enroll in community college get classes like like figure out what you want to do and she's very much pushes against a lot of that uh and so there is struggle and strife there 
Uh, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing what she's doing with her free time. I'm seeing her creative endeavors. I'm, I'm, I'm witnessing her, her journaling and her sketching and her poetry. And these are all things that are hmm. fueling me creatively as I'm working at that coffee shop. And she's and, a poet. She's a poet. Yeah, she has. A, she's, she's, she does a little bit of everything. She dabbles. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's also the person who, you know, I'm watching movies with and I'm watching TV shows with, and I'm speaking to her. Again, going from where I first judged her when I when I saw her, I'm like, oh, holy shit! I was so wrong because this is the person I can watch Lost and Breaking Bad and Mad Men with, and she can <laughs> pick up on the things I can't, ah. uh, just on a certain level. And at the same time, she'll throw her trash at me like the OC and reality TV, and I'll be like, oh, this is awful. And then I'll watch it and be like, all right, I kind of like the OC. God right. damn it. Yeah, I kind of found This them. is the second significant mention of the OC on Pockets Full of Soup. Shout uh, to Jonathan Dornbush. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, reality TV? Did it ever did it ever bite you? Did you ever never, grab you? Never bit me. I, I put up with it. Yeah. Yeah, I put up with it as one needs to in a relationship. Um, I watched the first four episodes of Temptation Island. I am ashamed. How did that go? Uh, it was not good at all. It was very strange. Reality TV was a new thing then, or relatively new. Yeah, that so, was back in the day. That, that was, was like the, the survivor who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah, sort was, of. yeah I think it was about two thousand yeah. around then. So, but uh, that's another story. Well, uh, let's uh, let's stick here with um, let's stick here with you guys. So you're in love. Yeah, I'm. Uh, she's the uh, only person I've ever been in love with. She's the only person I've ever said I love you to. Even the young lady back in Wisconsin. Yeah, you never told her you loved her. Never felt that you loved her. I don't think I ever told her that. I don't think I knew. 30-year-old Marty looking back, I don't think I knew what love was. I think this was one of the first girls in my life who showed me intimate attention. Mm-hmm. And I think I mistook that for something else. Oh, that that makes sense. Yeah. What about the fact that, obviously, when you're there, you know, the funny thing about life and, and context is your, your, your feelings are only proportional to your context. Yeah. You know, when you're there... All that you know makes it the biggest thing it's in the, the world. Force of the trees. That's. I yeah, mean, that's what yeah, anyone yeah. tells. Like when anyone makes a big deal out of high school, it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, I, except when you're there. Except it when is. you're there, and I'm like, I understand. Like it yeah. is. It's 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 Schrodinger's cat. It's yeah. it's the biggest thing, and it's nothing. Right. Because um, because in that moment, it seems like everything. Yes, and then absolutely. You step out and it, yeah, and, and it is everything because it's what's that's your life. Because it is literally everything. Yeah. But when it comes to the lady in Wisconsin, um, you left out of pain. Yes. Do you think that that was so? That wasn't love, though. You you really, you really wouldn't call it that, despite the fact that it drove you out here. Maybe I don't know. Uh, not on the same level this was. Sure, then maybe that's it was a fair like, answer. Maybe I don't was know. Like it was the, a great the, answer. No, 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 sure. Maybe it was like the, the prologue to love, yeah. or whatever sure. the 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 Charmander to loves Charizard is. That's a beautiful analogy, uh, and needs to be shout, on a, shout on out a, to Game Freak. Needs to be on a Valentine. Um, Oh, yeah. Shout out to Game Freak. Drill Dozer, man. Um, All right. So cutting ahead. It's not what you had with Jen. No. Uh, No. Jen was... uh, Jen was... uh, It's having a relationship with your best friend. Yeah. Uh, It is someone who you uh, adore in every sense of the word, who challenges you emotionally, uh, mentally, physically... Uh, spiritually, not spiritual. What about the atheist? Atheist. So I don't know if spiritually counts. But uh, it's it's someone who who challenges you, challenges you, and rewards you at the same time. And this was someone who uh, is I, I I put great stock in her in terms of the reason I'm here today in terms of this industry is because uh, when I first moved out here, like during sort of the pre-gen. Uh, months in San Francisco, I applied at a bunch of game jobs and I interviewed a bunch of them and I never got the jobs. Uh, I applied at a lot of places that a lot of people have heard of and never got the jobs. And that sort of deterred me from the industry as a whole. And so I uh, I have a period, I've talked about another podcast, I had, a, I had a period where I sort of stopped playing a lot of games. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of gaps in my 2008, 9, 10 uh sort of gaming catalog that exists because of this. And I started dating her and she was like, you have like all these games in your room and I used to play a ton of games as a kid. And she's like, let's, 
start playing all these. I'm like, all right, well, what do you like? What what do you want to play? Like, what was your favorite game growing up? And she was like, Banjo Kazooie. And so, <laughs> and so, literally, her favorite game was Banjo Kazooie. And so I'm like, all no right, kidding. fuck it, same. So this is happening. And so we replayed Banjo Kazooie, and it came out for XBLA. Yeah, we had the same That's game. We had the same game. Lovely. Yeah, we had the same game. Um, and so we replayed that, and then she would be like, well, let's like play a bunch of co-op things. And so we got into the Lego games together, and so we would play the Lego games co-op. And then we really – like I would leave and then come back home, and she was playing Braid by herself. Or ah. we were playing – like it was just one of those she got into – like she started, She went from sort of skimming the surface to being like, well, I'll turn on his PS3 when he's gone and see what's on here and – be like, oh, like Man Nine or buying a Commando or like I'll start playing these things. And that's what pulled you back. And in. that's what pulled me back in. And then I remember on Portal Combat Day, I had a long shitty day at work, and I came back and she had copies of Portal Two and Mortal Kombat Nine, I guess it was. You remember that day? Yeah, they called Portal that. Combat I'd Day. I'd so forgotten was, about that. Was, those two games came out on the same day, and so we had those. And I'm like, all right, what? Well, and we played through Portal Two single player co op. Uh, played a bunch of Mortal Kombat together. And uh, that was when uh, we were working together at Pete's and Jeremy Parrish, uh, who was originally my boss at uh, 1UP, came in with his wife and they wanted a cappuccino. And while I was making the cappuccino, I was like, hey, I'm a huge fan of yours. Uh, I've sort of something I've wanted to do for a long time. I'm a big fan of your writing. He's like, oh, we have an internship open up in the cheats department. You should apply and I'll put in a good word for you. Uh, I applied, got... uh, an interview and in it they were like what have you been playing and literally i was like oh my girlfriend brought bought me these two giant games that just came out so i was able to speak to portal 2 and to mortal Kombat, and they're like okay this is great so, and through that wow and through that i got hired so it was like the reason i'm here is is 50 percent jeremy and 50 percent jen who jen accompanied me to jeremy's wedding no kidding so, yeah oh, that's lovely yeah, full circle so just absolutely Formative in every possible way at one of the most volatile transformational times in both your lives. Yeah. You're there for each other. You're encouraging each other. She's lifting you up in your life here. The fire is there. And then as this show began, yeah. you said, and then the spark. Yeah, and then it was out. things were good for a while. Um and then uh we got lazy. What do you mean? Uh, we stopped trying. We stopped challenging each other, I want to say. Um, as friends, we were always there for each other, but we really stopped. I don't know. Something happened. We We stopped being there to sort of run 20 steps ahead of the other person and, and beckon for them to catch up. And we sort of were both fine with just walking the slow walk. Were you really fine with it? I don't know if we were really fine with it. I think we just didn't, maybe we didn't realize it. It was, it was, we would spend, and we would, again, we would, I, I started working the, the nine to five at uh, one up slash IGN, which, you know, is a eight to six with weekends and nights. Um, and it, it, it became a, we would both be exhausted and we would see each other and it would just be, Instead of we went on a lot of adventures when when we were first together, we would wander around the city or we would take little day trips. We'd get a zip car and, and get out of the city or uh, get on a plane and go somewhere for a little bit. And and it started to be we were tired, so let's just lay in bed and watch something. Tired because of of how you're spending your days. I just exhausted or in terms of, of uh, work is exhausting, and an easy thing to do is let's go have a couple of drinks and then just go fall asleep to to. Seinfeld or something. Was Jen working a lot too? Yeah, Jen was working. Oh, Jen's always worked a lot. Jen has mm-hmm. worked. I mean, she's she's paid her own way in San Francisco for as long as I've known her, which is a very hard thing to do for any human being. So she's mm-hmm. always been a two job kind of person. So um, was was that? Do you think it was actually the amount of work there was to do that caused the change? Then, or since that had been a part of it for a long time, or do you think you guys got tired? Or I honestly. I don't know. I oscillate between a lot of things. Um, I think, yeah, it may have been the spark went out. It may have been everything has an expiration date. It may have been maybe this wasn't the thing we thought it was from the beginning. Maybe this was us, me needing her spark and her needing my stability Mm -hmm. in order for us to sort of hit equal footing. 
going forward. I honestly don't have the answer to that question, Jared. Um, That's I, I. I'm glad you're able to say that. I. What do you think? Like I know you've thought about it till it hurts. Sure. Um, what do you find yourself thinking when you think about it? I think we fall out of love. Yeah. And I don't know why, and I don't have a catalyst for when that happened down the road. You don't really realize when it occurred then? No. I think we fall out of love, and uh, it, it it's not like a... I'm going to love. I'm going to love her until the day she dies, and she's going to love me. And she is a. We are both each other's. Uh, to bring up, Andrew used the term in another show we recorded, but we're both our break glass in, in case of emergency. People, if I texted her right now, like, "Hey, I need you come to here," she'd be here in a second. If she was like, "I need you to help me bury a body," I wouldn't ask a question, and I would dig six feet i'd put the body in there i'd put the dirt on top we'd drive a couple miles away and then it'd be like so what happened so you haven't had to bury any bodies with her but no. have either of you had to break any glass since you separated i mean have those moments happen uh yes yeah. for both of us what uh yeah for both of us she very quickly uh when we separated, uh, got into a relationship that she's still currently in uh, that had its uh, uh, a couple tumultuous moments early on to where there was a Valentine's Day a couple of years ago to where she had to break glass and I had to take care of her. Um, and I will always do that. And I literally left the person I was seeing at the time to take care of her. So she was in one relationship, had a bad moment. Yes. Called you. You left the person you were with. Granted, the person I was seeing was a bartender and she was working on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. So in theory, still unhealthy. <laughs> so if, if I'm understanding correctly, you said that uh, I'm, I'm listening here and I want to make sure that people listening and watching are able to follow you here. You said that maybe you fell out of love, but you also said you both still love each other. Can you yeah. comment a little more on what that means for people who might not have been in that situation? Yeah. Um, I think the difference between love and in love is, I think in love is a, uh, <laughs> some Pokemon Go now, you're able to uh, have one companion Pokemon that you keep by your side at yeah. all times. And that Pokemon will uh, accrue candies quicker than the rest than the other pokemon uh, i think in love is a one person thing i don't think you can be in love at a, in a given moment with multiple people that being said i think you can love multiple people at a moment i absolutely do um i think it is a you we hit a point where it is a you're not the single i don't want to say you're not the single most important thing in my life but just Maybe it is that. You're not the single most important thing in my life anymore. And not in a like negative way or sad way, but just in a we've moved past that. And she is still the absolute light of my life and the person I will I, – I see her multiple times a week and when we catch up and we – like she's gone she's put herself through school and 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 is now working at a job she loves and, and she's she's a hairdresser now she's a graduated from Aveda she's going to be making a fuck ton of money becoming a barber in the city it's going to be amazing she's going to make more money than we do it's going to be great um but i don't know love is a for someone who writes a lot about the sort of abstract concepts of of love and lust and relationships love is a very difficult thing to define mhm um, what's the closest you've ever gotten the, the idea that th- a person is the cock in between all other thoughts hmm. that the person love is the person who fills the silence or voids in your own mind and, and when you're thinking about someone uh, when you're going through your day when you're working when you're when you're driving when you're doing whatever you do whenever you're not thinking about the thing you're currently doing, what does it default to? And if it defaults to a person, then there's a good chance that's what being in love is. Thanks, Marty. My pleasure. Thank you very much. I of course. That's, yeah, I think it's, we'll, we'll move from there. Yeah. I appreciate that. 
I'm going to switch gears. This is always the kind of hard left turn. <laughs> Don't take a hard left turn. No. no. Everything, the, the story has a happy ending. What's the happy ending? I'm just, she's. I don't know. I still get to see her all the time. Like I'm excited to see her. I haven't seen her in a couple oh, of weeks because she was in Hawaii. So no, no. The fact that you're still together, it, it, that you're still two people that are deeply invested yeah. in each other's lives, I think is lovely. Yeah. I just honestly thought that love comment was 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 kind of the high note to end it on. Oh, shucks. So, but if you want to keep going, that's fine. No, nah, she's gonna be the best man at my wedding. Yeah. Is yeah. She? It's yeah. gonna be real weird. Yeah. It's gonna get real weird. Think it's gonna be gonna be odd for a future girlfriend to have somebody that's that close. Yeah, it's been odd. <laughs> Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah. That's the worst that could happen. I'm sure nothing bad has ever, nothing awkward has ever arisen from a situation like this, right? It is merely the stuff <laughs> of most romantic comedies ever. Maybe that's why I write romantic comedies. I think that's probably yeah, why I write yeah. romantic comedies. Yeah, I, I, I ain't no shrink, but I'm willing to take a bet. <laughs> but uh, that, that's where, where your attraction to those is. All right, we're going to move away toward uh, instant noodles, uh, which is our kind of lightning round of uh, so stoked for questions this. for you. But before we do, oh, no. I want to thank our Patreon producers, uh, Xavier Saint-Amand Tremblay and Robert Nieder, both of whose generous support makes the show possible, as does yours on patreon.com slash Jared Petty. And yes, that's a handy address that you can visit. And uh, if you want to, you can support the show with money, which is really helpful because it lets us keep making the show. So if you'd like to do that, I'd appreciate it. Marty appreciated it. Thanks, Xavier and Robert. Yeah, thanks, Xavier. Robert and everybody else. So, two instant noodles. Drum roll. Question one. My favorite one. This is a user submitted question. What is best sandwich? Ooh, shit. Uh, BLT. BLT. Everybody's got a different yep. answer. I love that. Um, what's the best song written in the last 100 years? Oh, Jesus. Um, if you say Panjo Kazooie, I'll slap you. Gruntilda's uh-huh. uh, theme. No. Uh, uh, shit. Uh, Sam Cooke's Cupid. Ooh, that's the first time for that one. Yeah. What's the first word you think of when you hear the sound of your own voice? Laughter. What's your that's favorite not a word? That's just a noise. I think of laughter. That's the word that comes to your mind. That's yeah. awesome. What's your favorite flavor? Ice cream? Uh, cookies and cream. If you could travel through time and meet any one person, who'd you visit? Uh, it would be either my grandpas, uh, both of. Well, one of whom passed away before I was born, and one of whom passed away before I could meet him because he lived in Poland. And so the idea that I've never met one of my grandpas who both have my parents tell me are were incredible men, uh, I would really love to just spend an evening talking with them. If I force you to choose, which one would you choose? Uh, I mean, without a translator, uh, my dad's dad, because he speaks English, because my mom's dad only speaks Polish. So that could be a little difficult. It could you be speak a little Polish? difficult. Uh, Maui. Maui Popolsku. I have no idea what that means. A little bit of Polish. You could be saying BLT in Polish. Shout for out to I the know. Witcher. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the Witcher. Yeah, he's Polish. Yeah, he's he is. He's a, he's a Polish guy. Yeah. Uh, what's the most terrifying creature in the natural world? Man. Ooh, that's the first time I've gotten that one. That's How? It is the clear cut <laughs> answer. Lots of spiders. <laughs> lots and lots of spiders. All right. right. Well. Just pull the camera lens out. <laughs> do, you really think, do you think man's any more evil than a spider? Yes, I absolutely think man is more evil than a spider. Yeah, I think Donald Trump is more evil than any spider that has ever existed. I think a man who wants to build a wall because you have different colored skin, and I think his shitty kids who try to make skittle metaphors for fucking human beings are absolutely more evil than spiders. I would rather be in a room full of spiders than to be with a shit family. That is an articulate answer. What's your favorite word? Uh, juxtaposition. Marty, juxtapose is my favorite word. Did we just become best friends? I think we did. Shit. And now I'm about to like kill Goldfarb and take his power. Oh, no. Oh, man. He's watching Narcos. <laughs> he is. He's watching Narcos in the other room. Uh, yeah, juxtapose is my favorite word. Yeah. Wow. That's weird. That, that is very strange. I didn't know I've that. I've never heard you yeah. say that either. I was, yeah, I was just yeah, trying to this like. This is kind of amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's rad. Um, who was your first kiss? A uh, girl named Chrissy, who I had a crush on in uh, elementary school. She was my neighbor. We kissed. Uh, a bunch of us went trick-or-treating together, and then we played spin the, some version of Spin the Bottle, and we ended up kissing. Uh, I was dressed as Luke Skywalker from Jedi. Okay. I was wearing black, the, black the, with, green, yeah. the green saber and a, a black glove. And she was dressed just as a random princess, and I called her Princess Leia right before I kissed her. 
It's really funny because I'm, I'm like, there's brother and sister. They probably shouldn't have done that. That is a little strange. Yeah. So that one didn't end up well. No, I imagine not. Uh, cake or pie? Uh, carrot cake. Carrot cake. Oh, carrot cake is good. Fuck you, perfect. Brian Altano. Carrot <laughs> cake. <laughs> <laughs> You just chose that one as a. As a as no, a I really like. I like carrot cake with uh, cream cream cheese frosting. Ooh, that is so good. One of the greats. Yeah, it is one of the greats. Or a DQ treats a pizza. A what a what a. A Dairy Queen treats a pizza. I've never had a treats a pizza. You know Dairy Queen? Yeah, I know Dairy Queen. They have these things called treats a pizzas. They're like, uh, they look like pizzas, but it's just graham crackers and ice cream and chocolate. And have you ever had caramel. a treats a pizza with a choco taco? Be like a like ice cream fusion restaurant. Kind of amazing. I think good. we're onto something. I think we're onto something here. Ice this is the last food. episode of the podcast. We're going to start an ice cream fusion restaurant. I, I Angie keeps getting on me that we should start a uh, a, a Japanese crepe truck. Uh, you know those those. Uh, have you ever you know the the food truck? Jap- right? Yeah, yeah. I've never had a Japanese crepe. Have you ever been to Japan Town? Yeah. I've okay. Been you and I are going to go oh, to Japan Town oh. and get a Japanese crepe. Okay, those are the ones where like you get the, like the cute character. Yeah, the the ice cream. They got the you like black sesame. The best one, I think, the best one, hands down. Fresh fruit, fresh cream. It's like bananas, strawberries, fresh cream, and black sesame ice cream with a little chocolate. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Do they really, ever do really savory good. ones? Or is uh, sweet? Yeah, they also do savory ones. But Japanese crepes are usually sweet. Okay. Uh, but they do savory ones. Sounds amazing. But yeah, they're usually usually sweet. Um, but she thinks we ought to do a food truck where we just do this, and I think that's a good plan. They have them in go. Japan all over the place, and they're really really good. I believe in you. Uh, what's one question you have for me? Uh, carte blanche. Three guests you can get on the show. Oh wow! Anybody in the world? Anybody in the world? That's a marvelous question. I think. Um, can they be a lot? Can they be dead? Sure. All right. Uh, Doctor Benjamin Franklin. Nice. Uh, definitely be one of them. Um, I think the second would be Frederick Douglass. Nice. Uh, I, I would love to. Anybody whose whose advice for life is agitate, agitate. Agitate is a human being I want to know. Um, also, I feel like if you had a podcast with Benjamin Franklin, it would probably be the most viewed podcast of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm be honest, like that would be yeah. My guys, my guys are all dead. It's Benjamin Franklin, uh, Benjamin Franklin, Frederick Douglass, and Eugene V. Debs. The I don't know who that is. Uh, Eugene Debs was the Socialist Party candidate in uh, the United States at the beginning of the 20th century who garnered a significant percentage of the vote in in at least one election and did pretty well in others. He actually ran for president once while in prison uh, for his uh, for his beliefs. Uh, it, he was a uh, he was a peaceful socialist who uh, want, thought that democracy was being corrupted in the United States and thought that at, at a time when frankly, where some pretty violent and awful things were happening in the name of money that uh, people ought to band together and fight against that. Sounds and, like we uh, could use a Eugene Debs right now. Eugene Debs is somebody, and I, re- you know, again, I, I don't talk about politics too much on the show. I understand people have very different ideas about what's best. But Sorry, I went he's somebody. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's not, I want people, it's me, not I, I, yeah. my get. But uh, I think no matter what your, your leanings, uh, he was uh, a person of integrity to be admired. With a look um, him up. Yeah, Eugene Debs is an interesting dude. Um, also, Eugene Debs is just a good name. It really is. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Kurt Vonnegut. I first learned about Kurt, Eugene Debs from a book Kurt Vonnegut wrote called "God Bless You, Doctor Kevorkian," uh, which is, I think, probably why I picked three dead people. Yeah. it's all about uh, Kurt Vonnegut has uh, Jack Kevorkian kill him in a in a laboratory so he can go to the gates of paradise and uh, interview dead people for a radio show. Uh, and then bring him back so he can bring the interviews back. And he just keeps going to interviewing dead people. And one of the ones he interviews is Eugene Debs. That's really good. So that I think I'm just stealing that from Kurt Vonnegut, who's also dead. Um, also, just read all the Vonnegut you can get. Yeah. this Listen to this man. Yeah. Uh, he's right about that. We did it. Yeah. All the sea was ice nine. Uh, <laughs> God, I love. Oh my God, I, I I love Vonnegut so fucking much. Yeah, he's amazing. He's yeah, good. it's. Uh, I mean, the Mark Twain comparisons are apt, but there's yeah. so many other places to go. Yeah. With it too. Uh, yeah. So that's my answer. Thanks for asking, Marty. Thanks for coming on, Marty, and for talking about something that I uh, I I want to make sure I didn't leave you hanging. You good? You good. get to answer what you wanted to answer. To answer what I want to answer. Right, yeah. Uh, thanks. Thanks for coming. I saw, on. Yeah. Just wanted like you can you. Can, be friends with people you still date. Don't 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 cut them out of your life. I'm I'm a very rare exception to where I'm still friends with so many of my exes. But just know that you don't have to you don't have to to 
clear cut after a relationship. You can try to, I don't know, try to reassemble some of that or maintain some of that. And it is really tough. It does get tough. It still mm-hmm. gets tough. Um, but I don't know. I've, I'm, I've been fortunate enough to where those uh, have been important enough to things I want to keep in my life. There's a lot of people I still keep in my life because of that. That's uh, Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate yeah, it. Of Marty. course. Uh, thank you for watching and listening. Uh, this is Pockets Full of Soup. You can mail us at mail at pocketsfullofsoup.com if you want to send a thanks to somebody in your life. Try to keep them short, please, if you don't mind, just so we can uh, read them. Or if you just want to write something to me or one of the guests, uh, tell a story, whatever. Uh, let us know if you want us to be able to share it on the air. And uh, thank you so very, very much. Uh, until next time. Bye-bye.